Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Carolyn Dorn Ballard. Carolyn bowled collegiately at West Texas A&M University. She was inducted into the USBC Hall of Fame back in 2008. Carolyn has 20 career PWBA titles. Carolyn, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, everybody. How are you? We're doing so good. So, Carolyn, I feel like we've had a chance to have you on before, and we've chatted numerous times, but one of the questions I don't think I've ever asked you, at least on a podcast, was why you chose to head out to West Texas State University to bowl collegiately. (laughs) Growing up in New Jersey, you go all the way across the country, and you bowl at West Texas State. So can you can you explain that to the listeners and maybe even some advice you might have for other folks uh, looking to bowl in college? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's really so funny that you started off with that question because uh, one of my best friends, Tammy Turner, who bowled with me at college, turned 50 the other day, and she was telling me the story why she went to West Texas. So it's kind of funny where this will all tie in. Uh, when I was getting ready to graduate high school, you know, there, there wasn't uh, much focus on, um, on bowling at all. You know, I mean, you heard about bowling colleges, but when I told them I wanted to go to a bowling college, they looked at me and said, um, there are colleges that offer bowling. You know, it wasn't, it just wasn't well known. It, it didn't resonate with anyone. Um, so when I graduated, I felt like I needed to kind of mature a little bit and pick up my grade point average a little. I wasn't a a stupid kid by all means, but I did have bad study habits. So after uh, I turned, I was getting ready to turn 21, I decided to research it myself. And I just started uh, looking at the college rankings that would come out in like the Bowler's Journal. And I don't know if you remember, but the ABC magazine and the WRBC had their own magazine. And I started to write to all of these colleges. And I asked them for information and I investigated what their majors were, what they had to offer. And at the time when I chose West Texas, uh, they were number one in the country for women's bowling. So I said, you know what? That's where I want to go. But my first college that I actually got accepted to was Indiana State University. And I believe at the time they might have been third or fourth in the rankings. Uh, But I did choose WT over that and of course the rest is history and the ironic thing about it is Tammy said her stepdad would read Bowler's Journal and all of the colleges that were bowling and at the time when she was getting ready to graduate he said this West Texas State is always in the magazines and it looks like it has a nice program after school and she really didn't look around and that's why she chose West Texas. So it was kind of ironic, um, you know, how I got there. But, you know, when you asked about any advice, I talked to Billy Murphy on our podcast the other day. And, you know, as much as we all love bowling and we want to go to school to to bowl, you know, people that are into it want to go experience collegiate bowling, you still need to pay attention to the university and the community. 
to see if it's a fit for you. Some kids don't like a big university. Uh, I think for where I was at in my life, West Texas was big enough. Um, I think if I had gone to a Nebraska or a San Diego State or whatever it be, I, I'm not sure I would have matured the way I did and or, or turned into the student that I did. Um, I, I, you know, became part of the community, be, became a part of the campus life, and it really taught me how to grow up at, I think, a pace I needed. So one thing um, I would definitely tell all the kids out there, when you visit the schools, make sure it's a fit for you. I know we're going because we want a bowl, but, you know, ask a lot of questions and talk to a lot of the kids and look at the community and then see if it really fits your personality. And that had to have been something, too. I mean, Canyon, Texas, you're talking about a lot you know, different uh, sort of uh, landscape, right? Coming from New oh, Jersey, oh my God. going to, a, yeah. you know, from a lot of, you know, heavy, you know, a lot of people, dense population to, uh, you know, a much, much more of a kind of a rural area, which I'm sure had its, had its pluses and minuses as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember I went in, I went, uh, in January and I remember driving from the airport with my mom and there was a tumbleweed. I mean, the wind was blowing <laughs> So hard, so hard. And uh, here's this big, uh, and you know, at the time I called it thing, you know, I I mean, and I'm like, you're like, what is this? All over the place, you know? And, uh, you know, come to find out, you know, it's tumbleweed and there's a lot of it. And uh, it was, it it was a, it definitely was um, a, a shock in what I experienced, it's definitely a different culture. But again, for me, I think it's just what I needed. I, I, I needed that community. I came from that. Where I grew up was very community-oriented. Everyone supported each other. Uh, we came from a good foundation. And I truly felt when I showed up there, I, I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. Carolyn, one of the things, one of your many hats that you wear is you're very involved with uh, with uh, the TurboTech College program there, and, and you, I'm mm-hmm. sure that was a, a bummer for you this summer that uh, you know junior gold not happening and that not happening, and now the collegiate yeah. uh, tournament being postponed until at least January. What we're hearing. So, what advice do you have, f- you know, for those players who you were expecting to see, or what what can you say to them, and, and as a way to, you know, number one, keep their spirits up, but also then for them mm-hmm. to, what can they take from this process and and uh, and uh, and learn from it and move on as a, a young lady or a young man who's bowling. Well, you know, it's I I do believe in the whole concept of you know God only gives you what you can handle, you know, and and sometimes you sit there and you say to yourself, oh my God, can we really handle any more? Um, so I I think for the kids that are getting ready to even get into that senior year and start looking or are still looking for a college have already graduated, the one thing I would do is definitely during this time frame, do as much research as you can. So many of the universities now have done some great virtual tours that show you the campus, that give you access to some of the team members, that give you access to some of the coaches or the history of the actual campus and bowling program. 
do as much research as you can and do as much research as you can also with the sport. Mm -hmm. So we know that every ball company, you know, obviously storm bowling, we all have it out there. They do their podcasts. They have people on there that still teach you about the game, that teach you about the equipment, that give you knowledge on how you can continue to really practice your game off the lanes as well as on the lanes. And there is something you can take away from everything. One of the greatest things that I spoke to Del Warren about a few weeks ago was, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of companies giving a lot of advice. But you know what? We may not gravitate to just one, but you're going to learn something from, from a different perspective. It'll resonate with you. And for some, that's good. For some, that's bad. But you never stop learning. So there's a lot of education out there, and this is a perfect time frame, perfect time frame to make sure that you stay aggressive on seeing what these universities offer and taking in everything you can about the community to find out what might be a good fit for you until you can get to a campus visit. So, Carolyn, then when it comes to that, because that sparked an interest in me dealing with multiple coaches do you have to tell the you know like if if you you know you're doing a coaching session with you guys and then maybe you talk to Dell for some stuff that Dell down at mm-hmm. Kegel or you talk to other people how does it um I don't want to say do coaches get offended when people work with other coaches but is there a way or do is there a proper etiquette that a bowler should should follow when they do that or is it just uh, hey I saw a different guy and that's what I don't, it, yeah no you know what that's that's a, that is a great question Here's how I look at it. But, of course, I, I'm pretty, I mean, as you know, what you see is what you get. I mean, I'm pretty open-minded. So, to me, throughout my career, if I, st- if I stuck with just one coach and didn't listen to anybody else, do I think I would be where I am today? Probably not, right? So, to me, um, if you're going to ask me, oh, my, my kid herself, uh, Alyssa. She talks to Uncle Steve there and Uncle Hank, and she's had a lesson with Del Warren. And she, it's, it's, it's little tidbits of just fine-tuning their game, especially at that age, that 15, 16, and taking what is mm. comfortable and molding it into their game. And then as they get a little older and they definitely attend more maybe collegiate clinics, they'll start to weed out what they feel is good for them or maybe "Mm, I tried that. I'm not as comfortable with that. And then you start to make more decisions as to what coaching philosophies and or techniques or what personalities actually resonate with you. But I personally, I, I just think there are so many smart people out there. Oh my God. There are so many smart people out there that I would just keep an open mind. And if you take a coaching lesson and you walk away and you say, ooh, I don't know, I wasn't real comfortable with that, or eh, that really didn't feel good, or blah, 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 then you know maybe that's not the fit for you. But to shy away from everything, no, I don't. I, I think you just look at your coach and say, hey, look, I see there's this clinic or these day lessons at Kegel. I'm going to go and take a day lesson with Del Warren or Randy Stoughton. I think that coach should, I think it should be positive for that kid. And then when he comes back, 
you know what? Maybe that coach learned something from the kid. I think it's a two-way street. And look, Mm. the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is that you want these kids or whoever you're coaching, you want them to be better in some way or, or another. Everyone is not going to be a pro bowler. They're not. I mean, they're just, that's not their goal. But if we improve their average or their spare shooting or actually make them love the game more, haven't we all worked together? So I, I think it's a positive. I, I think that the bowler themselves will pick and choose what resonates with them. But I'm one of those coaches, hey, you want to go somewhere else? Please. And let me know how it goes. And I think that takes probably, you know, you have to have a, a decent amount of a comfort level or confidence in your in in yourself, whether you're you're looking at it from the coach's perspective or the bowler's perspective. But if, if I know if I'm looking at myself as a bowler, uh, when I go to I may ask I may ask the same question or, or ask some advice. I may hear the same message and maybe have heard it uh, before in a different way where it didn't connect or right. didn't click. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I hear it with a few different words or maybe just a little different perspective. And all of a sudden it all makes sense to me. Absolutely. And it is all about perspective and, and using myself as an example, Steve, you brought something great up. I think Dell's one of the best coaches ever, right? Dell's very mm-hmm. technical. Dell likes numbers. Dell likes angles. Dell likes to, he, he, he wants to know why, why does the ball do that? You know, me, mm-hmm. I'm one of these. I think you need to move a little left, about four or five left, go 15 to eight and get around it a little bit. Okay, good. I can do that. Like, I don't care why the ball does that. I don't care what the numbers are. I just watch ball motion. So sometimes when we work together, I'll look at him and go, Ooh, yeah, not getting that. Like, I'm like, okay, let's back up a little bit because I'm more of a point A to point B person. Simple, straight. That's it. Let's do it. Where when I talk to Dell, he teaches me a little bit more about why it occurs in regard to the ball. So again, I'm learning something, but when I'm in the heat of the battle or I'm in the middle of an event, he knows it's not about the numbers with Carolyn. It's about just point A to point B. Hey, get a little left, get around it. Okay, great. What's everybody doing? They're going about 18 to 10. Okay, perfect. And that's, that's how it goes. So again, it's all back to what Steve said. You may hear it a little differently from, you know, if I'm talking to Matt McNeil or Dell, but they're saying the same thing and their ultimate goal is the same thing. And I think that's very important. And I think, you know, one of the things too, you know, if you look at my, and I've thought about this, uh, I've been bowling doubles uh, now at the, uh, at the open championships and now in, in some other terms with David Haynes. You know, he was on mm-hmm. Team USA for, mm-hmm. for 14, 15 years or so. Yeah. And I remember we always kind of go back to this one story he had at Team USA camp, and they were trying to get into the specifics of what your adjustments are for when you're trying to, say, for example, play fifth or sixth arrow, you know, and uh, right. some of the more uh, technicians and kind of mechanical type of people. And Chris Barnes was on Team USA at the time as well and says, well, I, you know, I move my arm this many inches and I do this with my degrees of spine tilt and this kind of stuff. Right. And David Haynes, I remember he said, I see shapes. And that's all he said. Yep. He's like, he's such a, such a field player. So for you as a coach, Carolyn, do you prefer yeah. to coach people who are field players or people who are the real kind of technicians and mechanical type of people? Um, I, 
I don't think I actually, I don't think I choose one over the other. Um, mm. Do I think it's, <laughs> it's a little easier for me to relate to people who see shapes because it's, it's, it's all about ball motion and a little bit of feel when they get technical, I think people tend to overthink. I think when it's more feel, it's not overthinking. The technical aspect, I think, is what gets everyone thinking too much because, you know, if, if you're working on something and they don't see the ball do what they think it should do based on numbers, I simply look at them and go, the numbers can tell you whatever it wants, but I'm just letting you know that the lane is going to tell you what's <laughs> going to happen. You know, I mean, I try to yeah. almost bring it back a notch. Um, but I do think there is a way, again, another great question. I, I do think there is a way that you talk to those people differently. People who are field players and people who are the technician do see things differently. And I, I, I think they relate to wording differently. So you just have to find that common ground that uh, gets you to where you understand each other. It's funny you said that, though. I think feel is one of the hardest things to teach. I find feel one mm. of, I just had a guy yesterday that I gave a lesson to. Feel to me is the hardest thing to teach, uh, especially when you really don't know what feel is. And, and again, I use my daughter because I feel like I can, I can use that as an example. Uh, when they're 14, 15, 16, really trying to just start to really get, get around the ball and do their thing, um, it, I'm not sure they know the difference between grab and get out of the thumb clean. They just watch mm. end reaction. So I'm thinking, well, you got to watch your ball rolls, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I do think feel is, feel is tough. I even find it with uh, myself now. Um, I've always had a really fast thumb. But when I'm trying to do different things, I have to put the pressure somewhere else. And it's a little difficult to feel it all the time. It is. Well, Carolyn, another thing as we do these interviews, me and Steve here a lot of the time, it's it's trusting the process. And so what I'd like oh. to ask you when it comes to trusting the process, what are a, a few things that are part of your process that you go through uh, in your approach and that you even teach then to your students? I would say there's probably a few things that I really relate to when I when I speak about the process is you have practiced you have prepared for what you're ready to do. You, you have to trust in the foundation that you've built. Um, and I've always felt that way. And it may sound a little old school. Um, I always felt if it didn't matter how you threw the ball, but if your foundation, if your fundamentals were solid, you could do anything. And if you really look at the greatest bowlers in the world or even some of the top collegiate players, they are rock solid from point A to point B. Their fundamentals, their foundation of the game is solid. And I try to instill that in everybody that I coach is that if we tweak just a little bit in, in your fundamentals, this will eventually carry you on through your career and you should be able to incorporate anything into your game. But you have to believe in the, the time you've put in and the practice that you've put in will get you your desired results. And a lot of times it's very hard for people to buy into that because you know why, especially today's generation, they want instant success. 
They want it now. They don't want to, they don't want to wait two years of bowling SYCs or bowling uh, two years of junior gold and knowing that that third year is going, it's just going to all click. So that to me comes to the second part is really making sure they still work on their mental, mental game, their mental goals, and continue to refresh things that they want to accomplish. And I believe in short-term goals, and I believe in long-term goals. And I think as they see those short-term goals take, take vision, they see it, I think it becomes easier for them to believe in the foundation and the time they've put in. And that's really what I focus on. I do. Now, of course, I incorporate other things along the way and, the, you know, your, your arsenal and learning this. And, but I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think I'm a little old school on that one. I really, mm. I'm going to use Steve Plumpkin. I am. I mean, the guy <laughs> is rock solid from point A to point B, right? I mean, look at it. I mean, who's got better foundation? I mean, the fundamentals of his game are rock solid. He can play straight. He can play the middle of the lane. He can play way in. He can throw it hard. He can throw it soft. And the guy never locks up in the ball. Really? Wouldn't the, you want the to hardest that part to is figuring out when to do what, though, Carolyn. <laughs> isn't it? That's the hardest. <laughs> that's, well, that's why you need good I'm, eyeballs okay. behind you, like Dell or some of the other. I right? totally agree. To figure out when to do what. <laughs> that is true. But, again, what can't you now incorporate into your game with being such a great fundamentalist? That's mm. what I look at. I mean, I look at any, any of these bowlers. I mean, you know, we've got so many great collegiate bowlers, but I mean, look at all the pro bowlers, you know? So I, I think those mm. are the two things that I really try to resonate with people I give lessons to is make sure that your, your fundamentals, are really rock solid and then getting them to key on the process of believing that the time they put in will help them to reach their goals. Hey, final, final question I've got for you, Carolyn. And, and thank you okay. so much for those, those kind words on my, on the fundamentals yes. and stuff. I got to thank my coaches. You, uh, you can Venmo me over the years. money. It's no problem. So <laughs> I will, I will. I've already, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm Kidding. actually just trying to decide how much to, <laughs> Hey, this, this, <laughs> well, a lot of the listeners we have, you know, when you're looking at the aspirations and you just talked a lot about goals, which I love and a lot of the goals, you know, we've seen, we've seen some different goals from the younger players range from, they want to be on a, a high level competitive program in college to, they want to win professional titles to, they want to bow on team USA maybe. And right. you've been on all three sides of those. Uh, you bowled on team USA and won gold medals. How does that compare? Yeah. You know, winning the gold medal on Team USA versus, you know, you've got 20 national wins versus winning a professional title and competing at the highest level in college and winning those championships. How do those all rank for you? Um, I think they all rank at the top during that time frame. And, uh, again, it went back to goal setting. You know, when I got to college and, and realized what I really needed to do and how much work I needed to put in to be better. Um, you know, got there, thought I was good. I wasn't good at all. <laughs> um, and when I, when I committed to, to really putting in the hard work, 
I started goal setting. You know, I want to help the team win the national championships. We wanted to win St. Louis. That was one of our goals one year. Um, I would, I would rank my all tournament teams. You know, I want to make the Kansas city all tournament team. I, you know, things like that. And then as, as I met certain goals, I noticed those goals in college became bigger. You know, I wanted to be collegiate player of the year and I wanted to win another national championship. So I think that goes, goes as you move to different levels in your career. The winning the gold medal for team USA by far, uh, was something I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do because at the time when I was a professional bowler, Team uh, Team USA was not allowing professionals to compete. So when I had that opportunity, Mm -hmm. I, I truly took advantage of it. I have always prided myself. um, And I hope this is true. (laughs) I mean, I have always prided myself on I always wanted to make the people around me on my team better. Um, I felt that if I did my best, it would make them better and in return make me better. And I, winning that gold medal when they hadn't won in something like 24 years was probably mm-hmm. one of the, the most, awe-inspiring moments of, of my career and the fact of there's nothing better than saying I did something for my country and not only did I not do it by myself, I did it with five other people. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. It, it really isn't about you. It's about what you brought to the table that made everyone better. And that's what I, I truly took out of that was they made me better and they want, they made me want to be so good that day because of, of what our goal was. And it's the same with professional titles. Uh, for as many times as I've won, I still pride myself more on the doubles and team events that I've won because there are people I've bowled with that have never won a tournament except for the one that we bowled with you know, or I'm sorry, bolt together. And that to me speaks volumes. That to me speaks volumes and sharing it with family and friends. That's, that's something you just can't put a price tag on. Now I love my career. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I love being a, a title holder, but I, I think the wins alone when you're by yourself, um, and you get to celebrate with your coaches and your, your ball reps and everything afterwards is awesome. It really is. Um, but gosh, winning with a team is really just, that's, that's really what makes it all worthwhile. I think. Now that, that was a little too modest though, Carolyn, you can't just call yourself a title holder. Not when you've won 20. Well, I, that, meant, I meant, you know, no, I know, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, but you know, it's funny, Steve, you know, I, I was asked this question a couple of weeks ago. I, do you know, I still like look at everything and I go, Oh God, don't, it's okay. You don't have to talk about that. You know? And they're like, Oh no, you did something mm. really great. And I'm like, ah, eh. you know, I mean, I know it is, but it's so funny for me, for you, especially knowing me so well, I, I don't really like to talk about it. It was one of those that mm. I just wanted my bowling to speak for itself. 
And then the accolades yeah. that came along with it, it's like, oh, oh, my God, I made it, you know? And then I'm like, mm. oh, my God, thank God I had those ball reps, and thank God I had Dell behind me, and thank God I had my sister to motivate me and Tammy and blah, 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 you know, whatever. But um, it, mm. it's still you look at it and go, gosh, I never thought I'd get there. Because it really, I wasn't the best bowler. I really wasn't. Hard work. And I, no one, I'm going to, I won't be shy about that one. I definitely, by far, worked hard. I did. And I don't think anybody who knows me would ever say anything else, but it did take a lot of hard work. And, and I am proud of everything I've accomplished. And, uh, but I do like winning with the team probably better. Yeah. All right. Well, Carolyn Dorn Ballard, I think we could probably talk for another hour here, but we will uh, we will let you run, and uh, and want to thank you for joining us today. Lots of great perspective and insight from a, a true champion there, and uh, and we'll certainly be getting in touch with you and having you on again down the road. Now, stay safe over there in Texas, and we will be catching up with you guys soon. Oh, thank you very much. You guys have a great day.